0: Hello and welcome to the Niall09 podcast. It is myself, Niall and Andrea Cleary here. Hi, Andrea. Hi, Niall. It's an exciting week this week because we're going deep into the past, but not not too far in the past. Basically, our past, we're going to explore the concept of indie sleaze. So what is Indie Sleaze? It's something that you've been hearing about for the last six months, maybe, and something we decided we'd uh, delve into because we are experts in the field. And that's because we have lived experience <laughs> in, mm. in what is now being called Indie Sleaze. Back then, uh, it was something else. What is Indie Sleaze, Andrea?
2: Yeah, I mean, you might have read some pieces in Harvard Bazaar, in Dazed, in various different kind of publications about Indie Sleaze is making a comeback, what is it? Um, It's unlike a lot of other trends it's kind of it's very easy to actually pinpoint when it is you you have some some dates when you think it was like so maybe 2002 yeah. to, to to 2004
0: 20, I think 2012 specifically yeah. are the kind of the glut of it in terms mm-hmm. of the the time so but what is it what is Indie sleeves? what are we talking about here
2: so we're talking about um, a resurgence of an aesthetic more than anything else so the word the word Indie is in it because I guess that is that's the music component of what this subculture was the subculture at the time was i don't know we 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 didn't call it in indie sleeves we might have said hipsters or we might have said indie and that that was a kind of aesthetic think tumblr think um myspace as well um definitely
0: myspace yeah
2: so in terms of the fashion because i think it is more the fashion that's returning rather than a a, like this isn't as much like a musical trend that's coming back but think kind of urban outfitters ankle length leggings under dressing uh, under dresses rather uh, skinny scarves flash photography very high contrast photographs it was a kind of somewhere between trendy and a little bit trashy a little bit grimy and definitely predates the the very clean and crisp kind of instagram aesthetic that we have now <laughs>
0: I mean, my first impression of it was the of the time was, um, you know, we were online, we were online, we were, but we didn't have smartphones. I think that's kind of so. My impression we we went online, we went online, yeah. I was on more, more online than most probably at the time, because that's what I was doing. I was also working as a multimedia programmer or like building websites and stuff like that. Um, it's around the time that we're talking of like hipster runoff, which was 2007 to 2013, an anonymous writer who went by the name of Carlos who ran a blog called hipster runoff in which he starkly wrote about the music of the era. As soon as something was, um, was, uh, in popular culture, Carlos was writing about it in in a kind of derogatory fashion. And mm. once you were named in hipster runoff, you were immediately cool around the world. That was kind of mm. the vibe. And then, in terms of like a hip
2: Perez Hilton, yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah.
0: but it's like knowingly, uh sarky, and uh, in a way that's like like very derogatory and like, but also you know, trying not to take it too seriously, but clearly taking it very seriously. And knowing, being the first to know about things was very important at this time. And mm-hmm. one of the things you would see at the time is uh, the uh, photo blogs, which I, I remember very well. Uh, Cobra Snake was one of the uh, uh, photographers around that time about last night. Clubbing and party photo blogs with a very hedonistic agenda and very much like provocative flash photography with stylized watermarks of where it was or who was taking the photos
2: mm. and
0: that's how i really became and it was mostly like big american cities like new york and la where you were seeing these photos from and mm. in many cases a lot of those people that were in the photos were you know minor celebrities or people like chloe Seveny or like you know uh, or people in people, bands people in bands or people who are exclusive and it was kind of exclusive to the scene and it was kind of the first time you would have seen a micro celebrity or an influencer in some way uh, in their casual you know um, recreational way like I'm at a club and there's a picture Mm. of there's a picture of uh, Karen O just like hanging out at a club you know what I mean Um, yeah or posing for the camera so yeah what was it they weren't really posing were they
2: yeah, so it, it's not really in the same way that you would see people at the club now. Like if we think back to the 2000s, even in mainstream culture, there was so much focus on celebrities, even like Paris Hilton and, and Nicole Richie leaving clubs. The whole the whole kind of point of paparazzis like, ha- hanging around was to catch a celebrity in a moment of like drunkenness or debauchery or... Obviously, like at the more severe end of that was the idea of like upskirting as well. But I think the 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 aesthetic then of of Indie Sleaze kind of leaned into this. Like we were all each other's paparazzi. The idea was always to look like you weren't posing for the camera or that the, the, the camera just like caught you in a moment while you were dancing or drinking or having fun with your friends. There wasn't really any posing. A, a, a photo of like three girls or whoever all standing next to each other posing, you, ju- you just wouldn't see it because it would be, I don't know, I remember feeling like a bit embarrassing like you were having your Deb's photo taken. Um, and I, I suppose the idea was that the photos that you're uploading uh, online and younger listeners, we used to upload every single photo that we took on a night out. Like you would put up an album of 50 photos of you and your friends at some club club night, going through like the pre-drinks, the club night, (laughs) the after party, and absolutely everything would go up online, no matter how grimy it was, no matter how gross it was, no matter how drunk you were, everything went up online. And that idea is so... Foreign to us now because we've been living with incredibly curated Instagram feeds, Instagram feeds that are kind of all beige in a way, or all very, very curated. It it for, for the past like ten years, eight years, seven years, you can't really tell the difference if somebody is taking a photo of someone's house, someone's workplace, or some kind of cultural space. Everything seems to be white or beige with a plant or a little neon sign, and we have kind of been living in this kind of aesthetic monoculture. So I think the idea of indie sleeves being something a bit more...
0: Like incidental? Incidental. Less curated?
2: Less curated that's exactly it. Um, and I think you can see this with the rise in people putting up like photo dumps on Instagram, which would be like... Ten, I think you can put up to 10 photos in a in a post on Instagram um, and they would be not connected with each other at all. It, it might be like, here's my month uh, in photos. They tend not to be um, filtered either. There does seem to be a kind of a rejection of filtering photos that's kind of creeping into our, our modern use of social media, which I find really interesting. The idea of just completely rejecting it and showing a much more kind of maybe real although it's it's debatable how how real it was at the time either you know everything everything was performative then and it's going to be performative now but it's a very interesting kind of um idea that this will come back for Gen Z as it as it was the time when culture was changing towards being online but like we said going online not living online um so there was a a big sense of separation and that's obviously going to affect what your night is like as well like we we remember nights when nobody was on the internet which is which is funny which is strange you know because now It's someone could take a photo of you and just immediately upload it. Um, and that just wasn't a thing at the time. I like the 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 whole like, no, show me the camera before you go home or like let me look through the photo and then like deleting the photos of yourself that you don't want to end up on your Facebook the next day. And more than that,
0: I've actually watched in since we reopened here in Ireland. I've been I've sat in the bar, actually sat in the button factory and I watched young like 19, 20, 21 year olds all sit together, but on their phones. And that's something Mm. that was just so alien to me. And it's still kind of alien to me now, but Mm. to see that being accepted now so readily where around that time, like no one had a phone people, Mm. if people were off on their own, they were probably, you know, annoyed with their friend or something, you know, where we're sitting in a large group of people in a bar, having drinks and everyone is on their phone. I noticed that, uh, and it was really interesting to see that again yeah um, so I, I guess it, it, it was it, very it felt like oh this is like time has moved on
2: yeah and so i guess it makes sense that gen z or that some some kind of portion of gen z will have a curiosity about a time before constantly being on your phone like a slightly more analog time where your phone wasn't your source of music it wasn't your camera it wasn't it wasn't your entire life. You know, you, you went out, you had your, your iPod with your earphones for your music. You had your digital camera with a flash for your photographs and you had your phone to make and receive calls and text messages. And though, and, and, and that was it, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't this sense of being online all the time and therefore there wasn't this sense of performativity all the time. Um, Obviously, like I said, there was performativity in terms of how the photographs were being um, taken and composed. But I think what what is attractive about the aesthetic of that time is that it is hedonistic, it is colourful, which is something we haven't seen in in mainstream kind of aesthetics for a little while now, and it is very gritty in a way that I can understand wanting to be kind of disgusting around other people having just been through a pandemic. You know, it's the the, the the idea that everybody's really close, everybody's really sweaty, everybody's kind of disgusting with each other. And I'm like, yeah, I can kind of understand why, like after co- coming out of two years of not being able to hang out with your friends, having to stand at like a respectful distance away that, yeah, you do want to get in there at a party and I'd start getting grimy, you know? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was thinking back because you know, I was looking back at some of the older posts because, you know, 9 9, the website started in 2006, 7 um, and when I look back on some of the things I've written about gigs it's it very much feels like a diaristic approach of me. like, I went out here last night this is what I met, went to, this is who I met and you mm. link people on the internet who you met so it was that kind of early online social media I was definitely a part of that and I'm I've mm. been looking back at it now it's kind of it's interesting because you know that's what people do with instagram now with tags mm. and stuff like that but w- what we're doing at that time was like you'd, you'd be like linking someone's blog you know what i mean here, so, here are
2: the people to follow Here's yeah
0: here's who's you know. in you know so yeah that was a big part of it um so you know i did mention hipster runoff there earlier and uh interestingly hipster runoff was in the news did you see this <laughs> recently? no oh my god did you not see this um so grimes uh has outed herself in an interview very recently, like two or three weeks ago, as the person who was behind the uh, hack of hipster runoff the blog. So there you go. She's is she said, there in, proof,
2: or is this something it, she, that she's is just told say.
0: Vanity Fair that? Back in 2012, she blackmailed the founder of uh, Hipster Runoff in order to force him to take down a photo of her kissing a friend at a party. And in doing, uh, when he said, they said no, they ran a mean story. And so she performed, she got a friend or or said her and a friend performed a a DDOS attack, which is a distributed denial of service. So that Mm. basically takes down the website. Um, which floods it with a particular like load of traffic and and renders it unusable and then like knocks it off the server. Um, she that's said amazing. we were actually going to DDoS uh, Hipster Run off and basically blackmail them. We were like, we're not going to let you put your site back up until you take your story down. And he did in fact take the story down, and it was my coolest hacker moment. So that's <laughs> mad. So there you go. That's I don't think I don't mad. we ever really found out who Carlos is actually. Um, so. Yeah, that's interesting as well. But uh, We'll but look, find
2: out that she's behind Pop Bitch now, next.
0: Mm, mm. And I think, so the term Indie Sleaze, then we've traced it back to that um, TikTok. Indie
2: Sleaze took off in the early 2000s. So following the 20-year trend cycle, this isn't too far off. Some key characteristics from this trend were provocative advertisements, amateur style flash photography, opulent displays of clubbing, bonus points for watermarked
0: photography. A, a trend forecaster, which is something I only heard about last year, People who look out for trends and who make little TikTok videos about old loser in Brooklyn and uh, did a little uh, kind of uh, compilation of what Indie Sleaze is and what and what it kind of uh, became and what, what they were identifying as that. And that's one of the things like wired headphones and phone cases where was back in that era, it was typewriters and Polaroids because we were fetishizing the, the stuff of the past. Now we're fetishizing really cheap stuff that actually has no value at all whatsoever like polaroids are still cool if you if you have a polaroid camera it's still useful typewriters less so maybe but like you know i can see the value in it where you know wired headphones have been superseded by uh you know bluetooth headsets and stuff like that so
2: yeah i, I remember at the time being at somebody's house and she had a typewriter and i was like oh my god you're like the coolest girl in the world <laughs> like yeah. there was there there was a real fascination with um with the past and with like, like vintage stuff, right? So now, now it's not uncommon for a young person to say like, oh, I got my jumper or my jeans or whatever in a charity shop um, because we're all trying to save the planet. But then it was like part of this whole indie sleaze thing was like, oh yeah, this was my grandmother's or this was, you know, I, I found this in this little thrift shop and stuff. And that wasn't a thing at all. Like that, that, that wasn't a thing before that. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't. It wasn't cool to wear secondhand clothes. I don't remember anyway, because uh, I wore secondhand clothes ever since I was a child, and then it suddenly became quite cool to do so. And I was like, oh, thank God, because I'm very poor. Um, and it's funny that um, thrift shop by uh, uh, Macklemore is kind of credited as like ending the Indie Sleaze era um, <laughs> by, you know, repackaging it in, it, re- repackaging that idea in into that song. And then everyone agreed like, yeah, this is over now. We need to, we need to move on.
0: So do you think the kind of um, twee idea is something that is in Indie Sleaze? Is that something that comes afterwards? The idea of like putting a bird on it, all that kind of stuff. That that comes after Indie Sleaze really, doesn't I it? I
2: think so, yeah. Like Zoe so I
0: Deschanel think... um, mm. vibes.
2: I th- I think I I seem to remember them kind of happening concurrently, um or or maybe the the in- indie twee as we call it now indie yeah twee, like yeah. Zoe Deschanel wearing like a nice a nice huge necklace of like an owl or your little owl handbag or something and so, sorry that the, all, all of this is about fashion but like it, it it is the fashion aesthetic that's coming back more so than the music but oh well, don't worry ukule- we're talk about playing the music. yeah playing a ukulele right that was like that that wasn't indie sleeves that was indie twee but they were kind of happening concurrently i think yeah yeah the, like, the like you look at so the a thing.
0: band like beirut who you mm. know that was this whole aesthetic um, yeah you know zach condom when he first started out, it was 2006 wasn't it mm-hmm. and also we didn't really know anything then about you know well it wasn't pop it wasn't. Uh, Of the the time to talk about cultural appropriation or anything like that. It wouldn't even have occurred to anyone, most people, Mm. at the time that... Oh, you mean people
2: wearing their quote-unquote Afghan scarves and their Aztec dresses? Like, it was not a thing, no.
0: Yeah, where, you know, a a guy from Brooklyn is making, you know, Balkan... Uh, inspired music you know what I mean like those kind of things didn't yeah. really matter but most of what indie sleaze was in terms of music is something that is is still quite endured as well uh later on we're going to be talking to Louise McSharry about her uh recollections of the era. and uh but I think in terms of talking about some of the bands like the the one that kind of cemented the term the in- indie sleaze is an Instagram account there's an Instagram account called indie sleaze on Instagram and it uh Kind of documents, pictures of the time. It was very much a New York party scene for a lot of things. But what I'm interested in as well, I think we all had our own different versions of it. Um, Mm. so the UK vibe was like skins, uh, foals, house parties. uh, Does it offend you? Yeah. bands like that you know mm-hmm. there was very much like um that kind of vibe uh, be your own pet bands like that um and then while the american one had yeah there was if you have read meet me in the bathroom which is a great book a lot of the bands mentioned in that obviously uh your boys the strokes are in there mm. uh, lcd in the uk again we got libertines the likes of patrick wolf remember patrick wolf Massive artists at the time in Canada with likes of metric uh, in New York. Yeah, Yes. Uh, Santi Gold before she was Santo Gold. And then there was a whole other aesthetic that MIA. was part of that. MIA, yeah, Sky for Area, um the Dum Dum Girls, uh,
2: the Ting Tings. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they really count. They were kind of just a pop band. I think band fas- though, fashion-wise, the Ting Tings were. A yeah,
0: big part. Uh, CSS. Uh, would CSS. Be, yeah, would be the big one. The Brazilian band.
2: Let's
3: make love. Let's make
0: love. Uh, who were actually produced by Dan Carey. Actually, I think who has gone on to produce. uh, I specifically
2: remember a time in my life when I went to a CSS gig with wearing leggings and a slogan t-shirt. I've no idea what this, what the t-shirt said, but that might've been, that might be my big indie amnesty moment. Um, that and losing my, my trilby at a baby shambles gig, but I was a bit younger at that. We are talking (laughs)
0: 2006 when I went to see uh, CSS in the village. Mm. And, uh, I also, like, around that time, 2006, 2007, I was going to Crawdaddy, I was going to gigs in Whelan's, I was really, like, I was going to see uh, Bondade a Roll, and stuff mm-hmm. like that, just, like, bands that are just kind of bad, but also, some that have uh, endured, like, TV on the radio, for example, are a good example, uh, and then there's the more, like, dance a- arena stuff, which is, like, a uffy and she was very much mm-hmm. a, a, what would you call her, like, it was kind of, she's a French, like, singer she was more personality than a singer really and she's still around she actually had a song out last week i think which is kind of mad um but yeah pop the glock was the song that she had
3: bands like death from above 1979
0: um, particularly the remix stuff. So it was like uh, the French Touch remix stuff. That was for me. That was very. Um, I mean, this is all kind of, kind of crosses over with the blog house sound and also electro mm. clash and a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and but that but,
2: that, that, that remix stuff is coming back on TikTok now. as well, Yeah. So um, the um, with Crookers the, the, the kids Kid Cudi, Cudi remix, I've mm. heard a lot. Yeah, uh, which yeah. is kind
0: of mad. Um, and to hear that come back again.
1: Day of night
0: and then there's, of course you've got new rave as well which is to like like crystal castles the, the klaxons, klaxons. Uh, um, and i think of i really think of um the Claxon Soul Wax remix of Gravity's Rainbow, as well mm. as this kind of vibe. Think, and injustice Justice and Simeon. We are your friends. The song that yeah. uh, Kanye Boomrush to show uh, Boomrush the MTV Awards for. Um, yeah. Um, and we've got more we're going to talk about with Louise McSharry in a bit as well. M- mentioned
2: a lot of bands there and a lot of a, a lot of bands and artists uh, have have women in in terms of like who's who's endured. And um, a few of them have like people of color and women of color. At the time, it was a very like the the indie scene was a very kind of white man with a guitar thing. And. Um, but what I find so interesting about Indie Sleigh's now the resurgence 2.0 is that you know if if you go on to that um, that Instagram page like Karen O is the profile picture and it tends to be the women that are the, the, the photographs of the women that have endured out of the era and I think obviously this is part of it being you know a fashion resurgence as opposed to it being a musical resurgence but I do love the idea that like this account and younger general Zers who are discovering the indie C's era are seeking out the women of the era and maybe find, finding some bands or finding some artists who didn't get, you know, their dues at the time because of their, you know, their gender or their race or whatever it was, um, which I think is really cool.
0: Yeah, um, you're right about that. The Instagram certainly is uh, heavily weighted in that way. I guess the other thing in terms of music that I was thinking about was that, you know, and something that you see echoed in, and is maybe one of the reasons why this kind of stuff is taking off on TikTok so easily is because mashups were a big part of uh, the ecosystem back in uh, around this time we're talking about, 2005, 2006, especially with the likes of Girl Talk, who, who uh, you know, he smashed so many songs together in the course of four minutes that you can't even count them.
3: It's not again.
2: I used to to so much of that. <laughs> I, used I went to see to to Girl All Talk. All of those,
0: a load of times in yeah. Dublin. Uh, he played in Whelan's once. I remember and i just he
2: used to be constantly getting sued as well because he wouldn't clear any of the music that he was using and he was constantly getting sued yeah his re- his his mashups were so cool but i i mean yeah. now they're well, like they, there they was a, a foggy much, notions
0: but... christmas party in 2007 which girl talk mm. played where everyone got up on the stage and you can see pictures on 99.com of all that um well, like it's just something you didn't really see we didn't have that kind of um, American frat party kind of uh, vibe at all yeah. and that was something that this was brought uh, you know like you get crowd surfing and then that led on to stuff like Dan Deacon for Baltimore doing kind of crowd interaction stuff and, God, and then it evolves from there you know and then uh, but yeah it was there was so much of that happening at the time it was it was so interesting that like mashups were a big thing as well in the, in the UK in particular like the likes of Like Kylie and and Blue Monday mashup, you know, those kind of things Mm -hmm. like going into the charts and all that kind of stuff. So funny enough, Girl Talk's album somehow is on Spotify. Don't ask me how. (laughs) I don't know how. It's just like if you throw enough samples at something, uh, uh, they will possibly uh, stick. Yeah. yeah. I I
2: remember really liking Girl Talk. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I, I, I think as well, like the the influence of of disco was very very important um i mean i i I would consider lady gaga's first song just dance like a a very very important kind of relic of the indie sleaze era i rewatched the video today um the music video today and it's astounding how much of this aesthetic um i or our current understanding of this aesthetic i think comes from that style. And uh, obviously she was a a new artist, a pop artist. So the decisions were made there to kind of, you know, lean into what was slightly like popular, but a bit edgier at the time, which was, you know, the kind of the indie scene. Um, but it was like disco balls in a grubby house party. And that's exactly what I think the Indie Sleaze aesthetic is. It's like, that nexus of glamour and cheap plastic you know
0: yeah I don't think that we had in Ireland a very much uh, our own take on it but what we did have uh, like in terms of bands it was a lot of indie stuff but it wasn't very like danceable there wasn't Mm. a lot of that like there was a so I remember seeing Crystal Castles in 2007 and uh, Cap as Cap was on support, and the ba- and the gig was put on by um, and Maximum Joy, a great name at the time. So, Skinny Wolves and all that kind of stuff. Um, May 20, 2007, it was when that happened. you know what I mean? So uh, I remember being at that gig and just seeing people I've never seen before, seeing hipsters for the first time and, mm. and also being one of the shortest like gigs I've ever seen because they were only, we're talking about Crystal Gals when they only started out and obviously things went on to be much more problematic for them, but uh, and in terms of the members as well. But at that time, It was such a buzz to see a band like that. You really didn't know what was happening. Um, It was all MySpace related, all that kind of stuff. So the buzz of that, I was out going to see loads of stuff like that. But the thing that in terms of a lot of people might associate with the indie sleaze here in terms of clubs is uh, Antics. So Antics was a club that happened in Crawdaddy uh, every Wednesday night. Um, I actually have a bit here from an article in 2008 uh, about antics just to, just to color this a bit um for those who hear here's my piece i went to see a band uh, i went to see el guincho actually who went on to produce rosalia and uh, so this was a wednesday night so uh i had already been to the electric picnic launch and then i went to see adrian crowley and then i went uh for my third uh gig of the evening i went to see el guincho in Crawley. he was on one o'clock on a on a Wednesday night, <laughs> I, this is what I wrote about Antics at the time. For those who are unaware, Antics on a Wednesday night in Crawdaddy is a student indie night who frequently put on decent live acts. It's cheap admission, five euro. Cheap booze, three pound all night, uh, all pints, scummy blue alcohol, etc. You know what I'm talking about. Do you want to explain what a
2: pound is to any of our
0: younger <laughs> I say pound. I should have said euros. <laughs> okay. uh, unfortunately, a night <laughs> at Antics is akin to running a gauntlet of well dressed. Stumbling and eventually falling, fey 19 year olds, inebriated young males dressed like extras and skins, propping themselves up and feigning dance moves to ward off sleep. They laugh and shout at each other across the room, dance, snog, snog, and dance, and fall all over again. I don't know (laughs) what's wrong with me here. I'm like, I do go on to say in this piece that I'm like, uh, I'm just a bit older. I'm like 25. So, like, oh oh my god, God,
2: you were so over it at (laughs) that stage. Yeah, I was like,
0: I can't stand the awkwardness. I'm just like, i'm so happy even in this piece i'm like i'm happy that i'm not i'm shed the awkwardness the like uncontrollable drunkenness and the elements of adolescence you'd rather forget so i was seeing that even at that time feeling my age at the age of 25 which is kind of mad um
2: but then you go on and and turn 30 and act like that after a pint and a half so yeah (laughs) yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) and then the other thing that um there was another a thing that actually I think Una Mullally and her pals all put on called Soundcheck, check. She was on spy. Uh, uh, I think it was a Wednesday. It was Thursday nights. So it was on at 7 PM. And uh, I remember DJing there for one of my first times ever DJed. So uh, yeah, kind of that whole thing was, I think antics ran until 2010 and when it stopped and then, uh, but Soundcheck in spy was on every Thursday and it was kind of, it, I'd say it gave a lot of people their first um chance to dj as well certainly for me it was uh first time to dj a bunch of you get an hour uh in the electro and fun kind of tunes was the vibe of it and uh yeah everyone got to play play some tunes you'd be you'd be hearing the gossip and that kind of stuff you know just like all of the time and then all of the blog house stuff especially an electro clash stuff like uh peaches Antigua and things like that, stuff which you know surprisingly has uh, endured a lot more than you may have, may think. Um, so, uh,
2: yeah, some something that I'm wondering, that I have a suspicion about about this kind of resurgence, is whether it actually is a resurgence. So, I mean, how much of what is being talked about about indie sleeves is people our age? Reminiscing and how much of it is gen Z actually engaging with um on a kind of a on an aesthetic level and you know like i I'm not sure if I see this being as big of a thing as we're anticipating it
0: no is. i don't i think it's a it's a it's a root for nostalgia isn't it isn't it mm. it's a it's a nostalgia trough that we're currently enjoying i think and that's yeah. what for anyone you know i'd say i'd say it's probably greatly exaggerated in terms of the number of people who are taking this aesthetic into its Mm. into the world but for anyone like us who were around at the time like experiencing those kind of things you're like oh yeah i mean it it is that kind of thing isn't it is like it is an easy thing um like anything nostalgic is oh remember the like the member berries in in South Park you know Um mm. that idea that you know the easiest thing you can do is just uh, think nostalgically about the past and uh, you know it doesn't feel that long ago and yeah yes talking about it now at the time you couldn't see the clear clear aesthetic of what it was and now you can kind of see the aesthetic more and and that is yeah. an interesting thing itself. I think just being able to because what
2: go. what I find interesting is if if you go on like um like on Instagram for example that the hashtag indie sleaze, it's all kind of old photos. There there doesn't seem to be a consensus on what the current indie sleaze aesthetic is and what's involved and what isn't involved. Like what what are we bringing back? Is is it the brightly colored tights? Is it the like side fringes? Are they going to come back? You know, it's so it it does seem to be a lot more of like posting images from the past as opposed to our current interpretation of that style. And maybe it's just because that's a because it's a new thing and we're only just starting to talk about it. But I don't yet get the sense that we have a grasp on what it will look like if it does end up kind of coming back in the mainstream at all because it won't come back as a subculture that's the thing like subcultures don't really happen twice it gets co-opted by the mainstream and then it will always be that and then in 15 to 20 years time it'll be it'll be kind of reinvigorated by fashion companies or bloggers or whoever or even bloggers isn't isn't really a current thing anymore, is it? Yeah, like but yeah. but um but you know it's uh, the kind of
0: thing that would be a mood, part of a mood board for like uh someone yeah. who's an artist or a stylist or something like that. You know,
2: exactly, yeah, yeah. It it it'd be something that it would be a decision made by members of a group rather than an actual subculture. Um because that's not gonna happen twice. You don't tend to look to the past um to actually kind of create something new in that in in the same like do it twice in the same way you know so yeah i think it's interesting
0: do you have any relics of that era um in your house in your in your apartment oh, at the
2: moment that's a good question um oh i do i have a lomography camera <laughs> in the other room um So Lomography cameras were, do you remember them? Do you know what they are? Yeah, vaguely, yeah. So they're these like kind of like cheaply made but but expensive to buy film cameras that would kind of purposefully like mess up the film so that you get like light bleed or different colors bleeding into into the image. And the aesthetic was very like, Vintage. It was maybe a little bit more um like cutesy indie than indie sleaze. But I bought it when I was in college when I was uh I, was, I did like a year of a multimedia degree and dropped out. But um I did that year during kind of the highs during like the fever pitch of uh of indie sleaze. So you can imagine I was hanging out with a lot of indie sleezers and yeah, bought this camera. Um and the photos were nice, but it was it was very it's very much a relic of that time. I haven't used it since probably twenty eleven.
0: But isn't it interesting that that kind of ephemera that uh, was of that time then begot you know essentially the Instagram filters that we that we started mm. with Instagram when like people might not remember that but like anyone who wasn't around at the time certainly the people who were i remember instagram
2: only being available on iphone first
0: yeah 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 and then it being you know every filter was like uh vintage and uh even the the old uh logo was all very vintage like instagram was this kind of oh aesthetic of of the retro and Mm -hmm. uh you know, it, it's obviously evolved because it has to. But that was when it started. It was like yeah. the little what? What is the little logo for Instagram? It's a little uh, portable Polaroid camera kind of thing. Yeah. So that's what we did. That's what that's where this came from. That's where Instagram came from, indie sleeves. <laughs> you know,
2: it did. Like, it one hundred percent did. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember first getting it and being like, "Oh wow, I can put all these cool because like the the indie sleeves kind of photography." um, Was like, you know, the flash and like that was our filter, you know, like you could filter things in three ways by turning the contrast up. You would never turn it down because that didn't look good. So turning the contrast up, putting it into sepia or putting it into black and white. And those are the three filters (laughs) um, that we had before Instagram. And now it's, it's so, it would be so weird for, you know, an 18 year old now to think about taking a photo and not having not, ha, not not just the option but like the the expectation that you would filter it in some way or that you would face tune it or just put like a little a little very like subtle filter on it and maybe that's maybe there's a rejection of that in 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 the in the resurgence of of indie sleeves. um cuz this was a time when we weren't filtering we, we just weren't. We were turning up the contrast as high as it would go. And that was it. Um, and that's and that's what all our photos look like. And flash cameras uh, make your skin look really, really clear. Um, so I, I say bring that back, actually, because um, I was I, I was a, a early 20s person with acne and you wouldn't have known it from any of my sleazy photos. So it was a good it was a good time for me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I think if you wanted to read something of that era, I think we've mentioned it, but "Meet Me in the Bathroom" by Lizzie Goodman is possibly mm. the an oral history um, style book is probably the most definitive um, in terms of this era. Although it's mostly about the kind of larger bands and the and things that happened in in New York City itself. York, so yeah. Strokes, Interpol, Yeah yeah, yes, Vampire Weekend, all that kind of stuff. Though you know, it could herald itself a little bit more of an indie. Sleeve's revival with uh, when the documentary does come out, maybe. And I think, are they planning on making it into a drama series? I thought they were. Are maybe, they? maybe it's just a, maybe it's just a documentary. Anyway, the documentary apparently was shown at uh, Sundance uh, earlier this year, so uh, hopefully it'll come out at some point. And uh, there is reviews of it actually uh, online, so um, interesting to see that. I would be interested. Mm. That. Um, Do you know something
2: else that really scares me about? Um, about about this about this resurgence um we might see the the rise in skinny jeans happen a second time because since we've been alive skinny jeans came during indie sleeves and then they went away and now they might come back a second time and I'm like oh god I'm going to be in the second cycle of jeans like my mom with mom jeans (laughs) like (laughs) terrifying sorry that, yeah. that thought just occurred to me there
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well hopefully not hopefully not let's talk to louise McSharry about her recollections of the time i fly like
4: paper, get high like planes. if you catch me at the border-
0: Louise, where do we start? You were telling me uh last time I saw you that you are interested in uh hosting an event that maybe you know, celebrates the indie sleaze era, right? When when what So when this when did this happen to you? When did you start to think about this?
3: Well, I've been watching I mean, first of all, I'm sure you guys have talked about it, but indie sleaze as a term is just hilarious to me because obviously mm-hmm when we were living through the indie sleaze era, nobody was calling it indie sleaze, or certainly not that I'm aware of. Um, So when people started kind of talking about it, I was like, what? I was like, no, that was just life, guys. (laughs) We all thought we were super
2: glamorous at the time. Weren't we? There was nothing sleazy.
3: (laughs) Um, So yeah, so I started to kind of read all this writing about this time in music and in culture, and it just made me really nostalgic um, because I think the time. Like the best times of my entire life were were during those times. You know, the most crack and the most kind of wild fun. I I remember during this time actually turning to friends and being like, "We're having the time of our lives. This is the time of our lives." <laughs> um, but then, do you remember there was that um right, that kind of emo festival was announced with like loads of throwback like new metal and emo bands. I can't even remember Some what stroke. it was called. Is that what it was? I don't know. Yeah, the one
0: that was in... uh, Where was it? It was in Ponystown or something, wasn't it?
3: No, this is like an American one. And everybody was going crazy about the lineup because they were like, oh my God, it's every band we ever liked. And around that time, Ed Banger posted this spoof poster of um, a festival that isn't happening but when my husband and i saw it we were like oh my <laughs> god like i would pay would 100 go. million euro to go to that festival <laughs> and it was we are your friends fest and the headliners were justice and soul Wax, lcd sound system Simeon, mobile disco mastercraft the bloody beat roots crookers metronomy hot ship chromio phoenix like i could go on and i was just like oh like had a physical response <laughs> to this poster yeah, yeah. And I was walking around, like, I feel like everyone I met who's my age, I was like, look at this. I was like, can you imagine? (laughs) So then I started thinking, do you know what? It would be so fun to just have a night where we got to do do that and like relive those moments. And I was like, we could call it We Used to Be Fun um, because (laughs) I feel like it's a fair representation of where a lot of people my age are. You know, maybe you have kids or you've just slowed down a little bit maybe you have kids and you're trying not to slow down um but you just want to go back to those glorious days of your youth yeah mm.
0: it's interesting you me- you mentioned ed banger because we didn't specifically talk about them but they were a big part of this whole um aesthetic as well in terms of yeah musically anyway certainly we like, we kind of touched on Blog House as an as an idea and like what even that was but like you know, uh, obviously it was house music or dance music that came of that, uh, that was basically shared online. But Ed Banger were kind of the main proponents of all of it, weren't they? And they had, yeah, they were still like, they had Uffy and all that kind of stuff, DJ Medi. Like, yeah, all, like all of it was very, it's,
3: yeah. Uffy like seems like queen of indie sleaze uh, as mm. we look back. Although I actually wasn't that into Uffy at the time. Um, But I think like, you know, for a lot of us, it's such a specific time in terms of what we wore and where we went. And, you know, I was living in Galway at the time. I, well, I was living in Dublin for some of it and then in Galway and, um, you know, there was such a specific look, and yeah. like even you know, seeing some of the shoes has sent me back in a, in a major way. Like, I don't know how any of us are still alive. We were walking around nightclubs in ballet flats. Oh my
2: like, god! Like how many how many of us must have gotten glass in our feet? Yeah. Um, Just but this, it, and soaking wet tights in ballet boots, yeah, pumps, like saturated, w- waiting I, for a taxi. Like no I boots, not a boot to be feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um,
3: but yeah like and and there are so many specific kind of artists that remind me of that time and that always will um and for me it's like a time of freedom and it didn't matter that we were in galway and we weren't in like shoreditch or new york or la like we still had our scene we had our own scene um and you know it was amazing
0: <laughs> i'm seeing this uh we are your friends fest here the poster uh yeah, it's got everything, but I what is interesting is going down a bit further and having a look at some of the acts you maybe forgot about. Like, Mm-mm. I mean, even we're getting down to the end here, and we still have the gossip, and it's still pretty high up. Um, Miami Horror, Van yeah. Chi, uh, Fake Blood, uh, Fake Blood, A Track, oh. of course, uh, Dim, Does It Offend You? Yeah, who you mentioned actually a bit earlier on, uh, Switch, part One. Name. Jack beat Boy 8 bit. I remember him playing uh, Oxygen, Hervey, God, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Weird. LA Riots.
3: My LA God. Riots. I just, yeah, spotted that one too. Cindy. I see Airplane there. And do you remember Airplane did the remix of um, Paris? Yeah. And, um, I went to see Airplane in I think it was Forbidden Fruit like you know after after this time and I was just like so excited about seeing Airplane because I just wanted to hear that song really loud in a tent Mm. and he kind of like teased it through his whole set and then started to play it and then the sound went off and the lights came up. And he was like on the stage, like kind of uh, like effing and blinding. And he'd obviously just ignored his time limit and yeah. gone over. And uh, the whole crowd was just like, uh, <laughs> so we're all odd. here for this
2: one song. <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, it's basically like, I don't know. It's there's a sexual like analogy you could make there because we were all ready to go. <laughs>
2: and then we were shut
3: down. It was not good.
0: Other than wanting to, uh, you know, Put it all, bring it all back together for one night only. Um, what about, what were some of your favorite songs of that time other than uh, the airplane remix of uh, Paris?
3: Well, there's so many, and I've been putting together a playlist for this imaginary club night that I have in my head um, on Spotify, and it's been amazing because obviously I have songs that I remember, and then Spotify, because of the algorithm, will kind of feed you, so there's some Mm. that I had completely forgotten that came back, but like the the ones that, I mean, one which no doubt is a song of this time is M.I.A. Paper Planes, and it's still you still hear it a lot so you know in a way I think it's lost a bit of its nostalgic magic mm. but it was so that time and MIA was such an icon of that time you know her kind of bulshiness and uh, rebellious nature you know her her politics her jewelry her look like all of it was so cool she was very London right being London was very cool at the time and um, so yeah Paper Planes for me is completely iconic and then there's songs that are like So specific to that time, like CSS, let's make love and listen to death from above, and New Young Pony Club Ice Cream. Those two songs for me are just, like, I can't imagine them outside of that specific yeah, moment. Yeah.
0: I went back and listened to, well, the CSS one, I still have a soft spot for that song. The New Young Pony oh, Club. Oh, I love it. I haven't me heard too. it in a long, long time. But it certainly, it does, like, take me back to a very specific era. Because I don't think I've heard mm. it since then properly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's very specific. Uh, are they still around, New Young Pony Club? Are they? I don't think they are, are they?
3: I have no idea I have no idea I feel like these things are better left unknown <laughs> like, <laughs> they they live as they did for me during this specific time um, but yeah like I you know New Young Pony Club and CSS those two songs take me back specifically to there was a club night in Galway at the time called Gigantic um, and when I first moved to Galway it was on in a place called De Burgos which still exists um, but it was just like a downstairs kind of cavern and it was per- oh my god it was perfect smoking area out the back and um, um, you know, one little bar. It wasn't big. You didn't need to be the energy that the guys from Gigantic brought. Were was just whopper, and we used to just have the best time there. And then they they had to move venue, and you know, obviously everybody was devastated. It was like full protest scenes. But I have, <laughs> but those songs just take me back to that little kind of underground, literally underground club. And I remember actually, I didn't, I didn't put, the, I didn't mention this song when I was talking to you, Niall, but. I remember hearing Florence and the Machine for the first time there. Mm. We were dancing and a song ended, and I was like, Oh, I'm going to go sit down. And Mac, one of the DJs, leaned across the decks to grab me, and he went, No, you. <laughs> need to hear this song stay there and i was like okay and i felt like (laughs) deeply special and he was playing um dog days are over by florence and the machine which at the time you know now i think people have a bit of a kind of snobbery about florence or she's not so cool anymore Mm. Um, i think she's still cool but at the time that song was so cool and she was brand new and it was really fresh and Obviously have danced to that song a hundred million times since. But yeah, those songs just bring me back to that moment. Mm. And then yeah. another one, which I think is is very specific to the time and to the sound, is Black Kids, I'm not gonna teach your boyfriend how to dance.
0: Yeah. god this was such a big uh, like a blog song as well <laughs> oh,
3: i loved it i loved it and i think that you know there was something about these songs that felt not secret but just like you were kind of either in the club and you knew the songs or you weren't in the club and it wasn't mm. you know ge- geography specific as i said like we felt like we were in it in yeah. galway because obviously we had the internet the internet wasn't that old. Like you could access music in a new way and share music in a new way and share a scene internationally in a new way at this time. Um, mm-hmm. but like, you know, there would be people who wouldn't have ever heard that song or known that song or cared about that song. But, you know, it was one of my favorites and I felt kind of special because I knew it, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah
2: it's what's so yeah. funny about these these songs, like the Um, like I think that song in particular like if that came if that song came out now it would be a pop song so the the quote-unquote in indie sleaze that we were listening to at the time it was it was pop music for people who didn't want to listen to pop music it still had that buoyancy it still had that sense of like okay I'm going out to have fun with my friends I'm not it it wasn't the same as other um, subcultures like maybe like kind of the, the, the folky stuff that started coming out around that time. Hmm. Stuff you couldn't dance to. But this was yeah. like, no, we're going out, we're partying, and we deserve to party just as much as everybody else. So we're, yeah, and, and we're about going to do it more, well, more than everybody and that, else. And this well, whole that's what it was. thing the, was about going out. And like, yeah, yeah the, enti- the entire aesthetic of it was uh, people being drunk, their makeup was smudged, their hair was messy. You, the, I think the idea was to not be able to tell if you were going to a party or coming home from a party. It was, it was yes. somewhere in between, <laughs> like something has happened. You've been dragged yeah. through a bush somewhere. <laughs>
3: yeah, and there were so... I mean, I'm just remembering I a dress that I wore like regularly out was a Star Trek costume dress that I'd bought in Anne Summers and mm. on a trip to London. Like, you know, there, there were no real rules. It, it, it no. was all about fun and it was all about looking like... You could have just come from, yeah, a night in a hotel with a rock star and, yeah. like, you know, and you a felt very like maybe heavy that sense of irony as well. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, huge sense of irony. Like, oh, I'm wearing this, like, I'm wearing like a Phil Collins t shirt for a laugh. Or do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, the, the kind of, yeah, very ironic. Well, it was
3: very, like, everybody was very consciously cool, weren't they? Yes. Like, you know, we kind of took ourselves a little bit seriously probably
2: at that time. Yeah, definitely. I, I know I definitely
3: did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then one other song that I mentioned was MGMT "Time to Pretend." I like again, this is a song that still gets played. But I remember um, when I first heard this song, I I'd come back to Dublin. Like obviously, I was back and forth from Galway and Dublin a good bit, and I was going to see my friend, and I was walking down Dame Street. I can still remember so specifically listening to it full blast in my headphones. And like, just being like, this is amazing. Like, I love this song. Listening to it over and over and over again, walking up by the Olympia and being like, everybody needs to know this song. And arriving at my friend's house and being like, you have to listen to this song. Like, I just loved it so much. And then again, it just soundtracked so many moments. It's kind of an epic sound, that song as well. It yeah. feels kind of important or something, just even tonally. Um, I remember that so, being yeah. the song
2: that shook me out of only listening to music that had guitars and got me into start, starting to listen to music that had oh. synthesizers. And I was like, oh, wow. okay. Um, and, I'm so uh, happy for you. <laughs> yeah, it was like, because I, I was just listening to men playing guitars for like all of my teenage years. and oh, wow. Then, and then the kind of the... The disco indie kind of era yeah. came in, and I think it was really pushed in by that song and the, and the sound of that band. Yeah. Um, Kids as well by NGMT yeah. was a huge one for me, Electric Feel. And I remember yeah. just being like, I deserve to party. I deserve to you dance, too. actually. <laughs> and here's a soundtrack yeah. for me to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Mm. I remember
0: interviewing them when they came over and played Wheelands, I think, uh, for State Magazine at the time. God, and I wow. like doing. They just seemed so uh, shook by their sudden success. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "What the fuck mm. are we doing here?" <laughs> like they were like, "We're big in Ireland. What's happening?" They were, and they also looked. Uh, they did look like they were dragged through a bush. In fairness, they looked like they had no sleep yeah. as well, which they probably was, didn't. So it was
3: the way of life. Yeah, that yeah. was it that was, <laughs> it. that was it.
0: So Louise, do you have anything in your house uh, at the moment that would signify your time spent? Uh, with with the indie sleaze uh, movement or you know the indie times like I have a load of very poor seven inches that I bought like in rough trade and places like that that are from bands that I just would never listen to ever ever again but because yeah. they were adjacent <laughs> to that time I bought them and I'm like I saw I moved house recently and I looking at them I was kind of going whoa never listen mm-hmm. to them ever again you know yeah. they're not even good and uh, one, one of the ones is a to roll do you remember them the Brazilian oh yeah one we just <gasps> about them? yeah so i have a seven inch blown to them i'm like this is not Gosh. good.
3: <laughs> yeah no i i well i have like i have a dirty pretty things t-shirt upstairs um, oh, which i bought when they came to um the Roisin Duff and like Carl Barack came off stage and came upstairs to the smoking area and just walked around kissing girls like it was insane Mm. it was so inappropriate um and I remember I bought the t-shirt I was so like it was such it was a really good gig like the the vibe was intense and good um and I remember feeling like extreme putting the t-shirt on like that night and feeling extremely cool it was a cool t-shirt it was like black and white stripes um with the a little logo um and that definitely for me is kind of an icon of that time I have some shoes and stuff that I just can't get rid of that just remind me of it I still have that Star Trek dress it's all fashion for me like I think I didn't buy a lot of physical music at that time um, and yeah. it was all we digital. had our
2: iPods we didn't need exactly yeah. exactly our iPod nanos
3: yeah I definitely have a Mac Lady Danger lipstick still going from from that time I have repurchased but I remember discovering it at that time oh I wish I could remember I started wearing it because I read an interview with some really fucking cool musician woman who was part of a duo and I can't remember who the duo were but Mm. she was like yeah this is my lipstick and I had bleached blonde hair at the time and she had bleached blonde hair and she wore this like bright orange red lipstick and she looked really cool I was like
2: yeah I want to be like her so Mm. it's all those kind of little things for me yeah, I, I cut a fringe at that time and have largely been without one or n- not <laughs> been without one since. Like, I, I still believe in my heart that I'm a little indie gal and this little indie gal has a fringe. Just I love it. In life. <laughs> 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 I think, yeah. And I remember cutting my hair short because I wanted to be like Karen O. And oh, I had Robin, I had a Robin haircut. My hair
3: was bleach blonde, half yeah. shaved, and like a kind of slight bowl cut. It was very cool. Like, yeah. will I ever be that cool again? Probably not.
2: No, none of us ever will. Niall, what, what was the, what was, what do you remember? Because earlier you and I talked a bit about the fashion and I think I was mostly talking about women. What was the... What do you remember of like what was cool for men to wear at the time? <laughs> kind I, of I, I, I definitely jeans remember there yeah. being like a, you know those, like um, an androgyny like where you could where boys could wear their girlfriend's clothes, girls could wear their yeah. boyfriend's clothes, and it was a kind you remember of a the Carhartt
0: thing. belts that like mm. you just pull across. Yeah. Those ones, yeah. they were they were big. Um, I feel like the,
3: cassettes, cassettes played a big role. Cassette belt buckles and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, it's just band t-shirts, really, wasn't it? And yeah. Like, uh, and then like we were talking about you know the aesthetic the early hipster aesthetic was kind of for some people i was saying i i went to the first crystal castles gig in dublin in 2007 and i remember seeing hipsters for the first time and i was like oh my god who are these people <laughs> and yeah. i don't think i ever really saw them again and then you'd go to somewhere like uh Lane theater and, and you know we had our versions we had antics we had you know uh other other clubs that happened in Andrews Lane as well. Mm. We had Soundcheck as well, which uh, Una Malali was involved in and, mm. uh, I mean, I was saying that was one of the first places I ever DJed, you know what I mean? So, yeah, like, mm. we had those kind of touch points where you're, like, going to these, CDs type of bands like it happened in Crawdaddy, probably on mm. a Wednesday or Thursday night and you were going to see a band. I remember, like, trying to stay awake because of being out all night <laughs> trying, like, <laughs> when the band was about to come on, do you know, that kind of way it was like mm. I've been in that situation, so yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be doing it now. But uh, look, it's still great. You can go and le- like, uh, there's some great music from the era and it's still there. But it, what is it interesting to me is uh, be feeling nostalgic for a time of uh, music that I've previously written about and then being able to find words that I've written about at mm. that time is very yeah. unusual for me.
2: So. What I find really interesting about it is feeling nostalgic for music that I've kind of never really stopped listening to. And mm. so I, I I don't know if the sense of nostalgia, like de- definitely with with some of the bands that um, that I've kind of rediscovered on some of these playlists, I'm like, whoa, I remember that song, and I have I literally haven't listened to that in like ten or fifteen years or whatever. But a, a a lot of the sound I I can kind of I can chart its influence on things that I listen to later very very mm. easily. So it was such an influential time. Um, part of me feels like I never really left it, but then another part of me is like oh my god i'm old enough that this is now returning you, you never
0: I was, really leave it behind yeah so it's always with you
2: <laughs> I, but it's I kind of saying, funny
3: isn't it that i like i think it, what's interesting about this is that it doesn't feel like like you know what like y2k is back in fashion yeah. with gen z and stuff but this the indie sleaze resurgence almost feels like it's more about nostalgia than about yeah. Like a younger generation adopting a trend. Like, it Absolutely, seems like it's
2: yeah. mostly just uh, like people like us being like, wasn't that great? Wasn't yeah. that great? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. that? We were young. I
0: think, it, it I think that's what
2: it is. I think there are far more millennials um, engaging with indie sleeves than there are uh, yeah. Gen Zers, 100%. Uh, like well, was it was saying, only
3: 15 years ago.
2: Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. It's not really long enough ago that, like, may- maybe in five years' time, we'll see, you know, neon sunglasses and like really bright brightly colored, colored like hoodies and you know dolly shoes making their way back into fashion new, new but rage. it hasn't happened yeah. yet
1: new new ray you are I love it <laughs> mm.
2: What what do you want to leave in that in that era could be music could be the aesthetic wise for me it was the obsession with mustaches not like actual mustaches on people's faces but you remember everything had a mustache on it like yeah jewelry and mugs and people would get it tattooed on their fingers and stuff I'm like no don't bring that back.
3: Yeah, I wasn't so into that. I think no. there was a lot of kind of womanizing at that time as mm. well by male musicians. So I'd probably leave that there. Um, yep. And from every era of music, um, Let's like maybe Carl Barat shouldn't have just been walking around the smoking area, like randomly grabbing girls and kissing them. Mm-hmm. And that kind of vibe, I could definitely say goodbye to forever. Um, but to be honest, I just feel like a glowing warmth for all of it. <laughs> even the stuff that I hated, even the moustaches, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And I didn't like, it at the time but now i'm like oh
2: god we were so cute <laughs> it was a simpler time for yeah. sure <laughs> yeah what about you now oh what, would, what do you want to leave behind
0: um jeans that were dragging on the floor that's the main thing but uh but that was, was just that year, the general style i thought at the time. I,
1: I thought i thought i don't think it was this specific was to jeans this, really it was more skinny yeah. but
0: there was a lot of people who were wearing that at this time and i still get mm. um A bit a bit sick of my mouth when I think about
3: it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember a lot of the guys I was friends with um were wearing women's jeans because the men's jeans weren't tight enough. That was uh
2: Yeah, I remember that. That
3: was the vibe. Mm -hmm. I remember knowing a
2: really cool couple who would just wear each other's clothes and like on nights out or whatever, or like swap during the night and just thinking, Oh, you guys are so cool. I just can't even imagine having that body type I know, yeah, <laughs> but both of them were the exact same body type, just straight up and down I was like, Goss, that's
0: I cool <laughs> Listen Louise, thanks so much for uh, for dropping in and talking to us about Indie Sleaze, I appreciate it yeah.
3: Thank you, thanks, thanks for giving really. me the opportunity to talk about Indie Sleaze, I would do it every day of the week for <laughs> the rest of my life <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a million
0: So big thanks to Louise for uh, participating in our uh, discussion about Indie Sleaze. Uh, Of course, Louise McSharry has her own brand new podcast called Catch Up. With Louise mcsharry which uh, is released every Friday so you can catch that up that uh, herself and that is uh all about what's happening in the news what's happening uh, what you need to know uh, so Louise mcsharry does catch up with Louise mcsharry and uh yeah as for us our plugs are patreon.com forward slash 909 as ever um we mentioned pod iPods earlier on uh one of the column from the discord uh which you can get access to through patreon mm. is uh is re uh, is customizing old ipads and ipod yeah he's, and he's like, like ipods fi-
2: fixing them and then just making them look beautiful they're absolutely gorgeous i love whenever he posts them in in the in the discord they're just so beautiful and i actually have an ipod here that i'm going to get in touch with him about uh to to fix up for me because i was supposed to do analog 2021 and then i didn't do it but i still I I, want to get back into that analog life. I miss having an iPod, man. I miss having like 10,000 songs and not being able to listen to anything but them. Um, Because it was enough. It was enough for me then. And by God, it'll be enough for me now. Yeah.
0: Little postscript for you there. There is a little uh, Instagram from um, Indie Sleaze. Do you know who that is?
2: Uh, Sorry, it's loading.
0: So I just sent uh, Andrea a picture from Indie Sleaze. It is a picture of... Alexa Demi, who was from uh, Euphoria.
2: Oh, look at her! Oh my God, is this from now, <laughs> the, or is uh, this from the I,
0: past? That's an Urban Outfitters uh, photo shoot. So there you go. Oh my was God! That, from, for that Dimac, is, which was that was the look at the time.
2: This yeah, was exactly yeah. the look that I wanted during <laughs> this time in life, and never achieved. I looked Very. terrible going around the place, but <laughs> <laughs> we well, all sort okay. of did.
0: If you want more from Indie Sleaze, there's uh, many playlists online as well. You can just search for Indie Sleaze. um, You know, I think everyone, your Indie Sleaze is my Indie Sleaze, is our Indie Sleaze. So, um. okay. uh, Well, that is Indie Sleaze and that is this from us this week. Um, It is an interesting thing. Nostalgia is is an easy uh, fruit to pick from. Mm. It's the lowest hanging fruit in a way, but it's also a lot of fun.
2: I have to say, yeah I feel a lot like of fun. I'm generally quite resistant to nostalgia but maybe as I get a bit older I'm like yeah they were good times
0: mm. well that is the indie sleaze um we'd love to hear what your indie sleaze anthems or uh recollections of that time were. it's podcast at nine or if you're a member of the uh, Patreon or Discord, you can jump in there. And uh, there's a channel there called Podcast Discussion where we generally have a few bits of chat after each episode. Um, so that is it from well, us. Please, yeah, in I'm going to go off to Urban Outfitters and ask them where their stock is from 2009 and see. Could what I they have a pair
2: with. of gold disco pants, please? Because I couldn't afford them then, and I have more disposable income now, so I'm fine with them coming back. I will buy them. Um, But yeah, I'm going to go listen to MGMT and cry. Thanks everyone for listening.
1: Okay, bye.
2: Bye.
4: and A nice place for middlewives And crossing guards And on and on Do you remember a time When this pool was A great place for water Wings and cannonballs A nice place for astrologers And love dolls And on and on time when the city was, a great place for architects and dilettantes, a nice place for middle eyes and crossing guards and on and on. You remember a time when this pool was, a great place for water wings and cannonballs, a nice place for astrologers and love dolls and on.